0: Pastor Chris's podcast. So, if you have missed any of the messages in this series, I invite you to go to our church webpage at www.pleasantgrove.cc. You can scroll down toward the bottom of that front page and you will find um, links to all of the messages. You can go to the blog and read them, or you can go to the podcast and listen to them. And um, if you missed any of them, you can pick back up on them. But throughout this series, I have been telling you that our words matter. We were made in the image of the God who created the entire universe with words. He said, let there be light. And there was light. He said, let there be land and water and uh, Plants and animals, and there were land and water and plants and animals, and all of the things that we see came to be through his words. And then God made us in his image to be like him. And that means that our words are powerful too. But the terrible, but a terrible thing happened. Humanity turned their back on God. We walked away from the one who is the source of life and love and goodness. We chose our own path, and it has become a path of darkness and death and suffering and selfishness and hate. And so everything in our life has become rotten, and corrupt, and tainted. Even the good things in our life, like love and joy and pleasure, have become soured to a degree. Sometimes they they, they taste like a grape that looks so good and smells so good in your hand. But then when you pop it in your mouth and you bite into it, it's mushy and sour. And so the words we speak, which should bring blessing and life, often bring curses and death instead. I want to read to you from James chapter 3. And this will be verses 6 through 12. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring from the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When I was a a kid, my older brother used to collect and read comic books. And sometimes I would get to sneak into his room and peruse them too. And uh, he had one collection of Called the X-Men. And I really enjoyed that one because I loved superheroes. And I would I didn't really pay much attention to all of the symbolic things that were going on in the comic books. I just liked watching these superheroes fighting villains, and I would read them and enjoy them. But when I got older, I, I, I learned a little bit more about some of those characters and their backstories and the symbology of all of it. And um, one of the X-Men was called Cyclops. A Cyclops shoots concussive force from his eyes. I always thought it was lasers or heat vision, but apparently the, the geeks and the nerds who know all about the X-Men tell you that it's not lasers. There's no heat involved. It's actually a concussive force. It's as if he was reaching out and punching from his eyes. But um, they say that the force that comes from his concussive vision is two gigawatts of power which is equal to, or more than what a large nuclear power plant could produce. And that's coming from his eyes. Now, the, the drawback for Cyclops is that he can't control his optic blast. It's either on or it's off. If his eyes are closed, it's off. If his eyes are opened, it's coming out. And so the X-Men have developed these special glasses that he wears. They, you can see it in the picture, like this fancy futuristic visor and there's a button on the side he can touch it to turn them off turn it to let the the blast out let go of it to turn it off but he can still see so that's a good thing but uh, because he can use that special power to fight evil but in one movie I saw they were you know all this is actions going on and they're fighting and they're flipping and doing this and somebody smacked him upside the head and his glasses got knocked off and his Power went shooting out from his eyes and it was just destroying everything in his path wherever he turned. And he had to shut his eyes to turn it off. And uh, he couldn't, of course, then he couldn't see, so he was really handicapped by um, his inability to open his eyes. Because if he opened his eyes, the blast would come out and destroy everything in its path. And um, you might be wondering, what does all this have to do with the Bible? And Jesus and Christianity. Well, Cyclops, his uncontrollable optic blast is an image of the uncontrollable human tongue that is so powerful and yet so uncontrollable. Sometimes, and you know, it's been, it's been interesting to go through this series of messages about our words, but at the same time, it's been stepping on people's toes, chiefly my own, Last Sunday, we talked about gossip, and then all week long, every time I was having a conversation with someone, I felt like I was gossiping. And I felt like I didn't didn't even want to talk for fear that what I might say would be gossip. And sometimes I feel like Cyclops. (laughs) The only way to make sure that my words aren't causing destruction is to keep my mouth shut. The Apostle James says that people can tame all kinds of animals, but who can tame the tongue and it 's true. people are amazing. Somehow we have figured out ways to tame and train horses. Have you ever been on a horse 's back now, i'm not a you know I'm not a really experienced rider, but I 've gone horseback riding a few times and It always amazes me to get up on that beast and, and realize this thing's like a thousand pounds it could. Trample me into the ground in a heartbeat, but somehow I'm able to tell it where to go by just using these leather reins that kind of direct the horse. And we've tamed horses and even lions and tigers and bears and elephants. I've never been on a back of an elephant, but what an amazing thing to think about that a little tiny human can get on the back of an elephant. And what about this? You can go down to SeaWorld and you can watch trainers directing killer whales. Now think about that. They're not just whales. They're killer whales. And these directors can ride on their backs and make them jump through hoops and even jump up while they're standing on a platform. The the whale will jump up and take a tiny little fish out of their mouth. That's amazing. And yet we can't tame the human tongue. People can't keep their own words under control. And I know when I was in, uh, you know, I've told you before that I wasn't one that really used a lot of bad language growing up. My mom taught me better than that. And sometimes I did, but it was always as a rebellious part of being a child and and knowing that my mama didn't want me to do this. And and maybe with my friends, we would do it. But it wasn't really a, a big issue or a problem. But when I was in college, I got a job at Food Max, working from 11 at night until 7 in the morning. We would go out and restock the shelves before the customers would come back in. And the crew that worked that night shift, they had a lot of bad language. There's nobody else in the store, and it was mostly men, and, and, and they just would use a lot of bad language. And just being around them, even though I wasn't really one to do it, uh, it just rubbed off on me. It was sort of contagious, And so that I found myself, even after I quit that job, that there was that, it was just, it just would come out of me. It was just there. And I had to learn to try to control it because that was not who I was brought up to be. And it didn't go, it wasn't in line with my beliefs either. But cursing has been something that is quite common in the world around us in our modern times. And think for a minute what are we really doing? In the South, we call it cussin' when people use foul language. But cussin' is slang for cursing. What is a curse? According to the dictionary, a curse is a solemn utterance intended to invoke a supernatural power to inflict harm or punishment on someone or something. Cursing is what witches would do. They would put a curse on someone and invoke black magic to to bring an evil power to hurt people. I don't want to be associated with that, do you? But we often think about all of the evil and the darkness that is in the world, and we wonder, why is there so much suffering? Why is there so much darkness and death? Why do little kids get cancer, and die before they even have a chance to live? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why is our world so messed up? But then we stop and listen to the words that people use throughout our day. All of the careless curses flying freely from people's mouths all day long. And I can't help but think and wonder that it must have some negative effect On our world. Because I do believe that words are powerful. God created the world with words, and we are created in God's image, patterned after Him. Our words matter. They can create or they can destroy. And so many of the negative words have a a tangible effect on people. As we utter our curses or as people utter their curses without even paying attention to what they are saying, it has to affect people. I know it affects people's attitudes. Offensive words and profanities are strong language designed to pack a verbal punch. They get people's attention. They put them on edge. But I also wonder how all of these curses invite dark spiritual forces into our world and into our lives, even if unintentionally. You know, we, we know, or at least science tells us, that so many of the things that we do to pollute the atmosphere, we, we put pollution in the water, and we know that these things have ill effects on our health, and that's why there's so many regulations and things to try to regulate a uh, polluting the air and the water and the earth and the environment around us because scientists and doctors, medical professionals say that you know, we, we've seen so much more cancer and so much more illness in our time and we, they wonder, could it be that some of these pollutants that are out there in the environment are going into our physical bodies and are causing some of these illnesses? We can't study it in the same way as we could study air pollution or water pollution. But I wonder, what about spiritual pollution? What about the things that we are putting out there into the spiritual realm? How might they be seeping in to our spirits and causing ill effects? Meanwhile, prayer and blessings are on the decline. How many people still pray every morning when they get up or every night before they go to bed? How many people... Say a blessing before their meal. We're so free with our curses, but what with our blessings? And we're quick to criticize, but do we encourage one another? It seems like most people today are far more willing to curse than they are to bless and encourage. Christians have a saying Jesus saves. He saves us from sin and from death. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But Jesus saves us for more than just heaven. Jesus saves us for this life, too. Jesus can change the way you act and even how you speak. He can make you a blessing, Instead of a curse. The X-Man Cyclops wears a visor to control and to contain his incredibly powerful optic blast. Christians welcome Jesus into their heart to tame their uncontrollable behavior and their tongue. Jesus said in Mark 7 verses 20 to 22, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. The human heart is full of these kinds of disgusting wickedness. And from the human heart flows all kinds of filthy behavior and language. But when Jesus comes to live in our heart, he begins to clean us up from the inside out. If we will allow him, he will begin to throw out those evil desires and those thoughts. He will begin to move out that old brokenness and move in something better and healthier. He will disinfect all of the filth that coats the walls of our heart. It's not something that happens overnight, but it's a process that may take time, maybe even a whole lifetime. But eventually... As he cleans us out, what flows out from our heart becomes more and more godly, like Jesus. And since he is living in us, our actions become more and more Christ-like. But we have to cooperate. Jesus won't force us to change. We have to be willing. We have to take our spiritual medicine and do the spiritual exercise needed to nurture the change Jesus wants to bring. Many of our spiritual habits that need to change are centered around our language. We cannot control our tongues like we can control killer whales. But Jesus can. I wanted to give you some practical things that might help you if your language is something that you struggle with. How can you change your language from cursing to blessing? The very first thing is ask Jesus to help you. It all starts with him. We can't do it ourselves, But if Jesus can die on a cross and be in a tomb buried and dead and rise on the third day, then he can help you change the way you speak. Ask him to help you and be ready for him to help. A second tip I would give, ask your friends to hold you accountable. Sometimes your friends will see things about the way you talk and things that you do that you don't see and they can, and it's very helpful to have an honest friend who will say, hey, you said you were gonna do this. Let's see you follow through on it. And you know, sometimes, like in the instance of when I worked in the grocery store, the people that you hang around with, the way they talk affects you. And maybe they're not speaking in ways that are, are good and holy either. And it may be encouraging you or, and wearing off on you. Maybe you can be the one that says to them, hey, I know this is how we normally talk or you normally talk, but I'm trying to make a change and I don't want to do that. You could be giving life to them in that very conversation and saying to them, hey, let's try to talk differently. You help me and I'll help you. And then your friends are helping to hold you accountable and you're helping them hold hold them accountable. Third, and this I know this is going to sound silly and that's fine. Find some replacement words. (laughs) When you slam your finger in the door, say shoot, or dag nabbit, or gosh diddly-oddly like Ned Flanders on The Simpsons, you're going to sound stupid. You're going to sound silly. That's okay. Who cares? It may be a good thing that you sound silly. Because ultimately what we're trying to get to is number four, where you think differently. So when you slam your finger with the hammer what comes to your mind is not a curse, but something better. Maybe you still got to yell out in pain, but even in your mind, what's coming to your mind is something different.
1: I mean, Jesus was a
0: carpenter. <laughs> I'm sure, maybe, maybe he didn't because he was perfect, sinless, spotless son of God. Maybe he never hit his finger with a hammer. I don't know. But if he ever did, <laughs> what would he say? I wonder, I want to be like that. And if that makes me seem silly or stupid or unusual to people around me, praise the Lord God Almighty. I want to be that person. Don't you? The ungodly bring curses and death. But 1 Peter 2, 9 reminds us, you are not... Like that. For you are chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Christians have incredible power to bring goodness and light. We are blessed to be a blessing. All the families of the earth will be blessed through us. And God's kingdom will come upon the earth. Therefore, let us surrender control of our hearts and our tongues and our whole life to the Lord Jesus Christ, that he may use them to speak life into our world. As we close today, recognizing how difficult it is to walk in the light and how easy it is for me to fall and to stumble, I invite you to join with me in a confession of our sins, seeking the Lord's pardon and help as we move forward. The words will be on the screen. If you would stand with me as you are able, let us confess our sins to the Lord. Together. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. I invite you you to close your eyes and bow your head and have a moment just between you and the Lord to confess or to pray about whatever he has put on your heart. Almighty God, Have mercy on us. Forgive all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness. By the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. And all of God's children said,